You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God, you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 12. I want to pick up on a scripture that we read this morning and then expand on something the Lord has shown me and it's really something that's so important for us to understand as believers. You know, when Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 10. Now, from that statement, it is very clear that Jesus wanted us to know that there's a clear distinction between calamity in your life and life that's working. God does not use calamity, problems, trials, tribulations. He does not cause problems in your life. If he paid the price for your healing on the cross, why would he make you sick? The very sickness he put on Jesus takes some back and put it on you. No, by his stripes you have been healed. If Jesus, even when he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich, why would he then take poverty and inflict it on you, trying to force you into God's presence? No, that's not what happens. Jesus paid the price to redeem you. And so, as I said already, and many times I'll say it again and again, whenever something happens, look at it and say, is it stealing, is it killing, or is it destroying? If the answer is yes, you know who the culprit is. He said the thief, the enemy. And that should settle it, that I refuse to accept that in my life. I'm choosing life. And you choose life by the confession of your mouth. That's your first avenue of choice. And then you walk into it. And so we want to experience that full life that Jesus has established for us. And no matter what happens, I may not always be able to understand it. I may not always be able to explain it. And I may wonder why this is happening in my life. But here's what I do know. God said he would never leave you nor forsake you. And there's no what, bifs, buts, and ifs, and anything. I refuse to go there. I said I refuse to go there. I know people want to try and debate this thing out. No, there's no debate. If God has spoken, it is so. And I made a quality decision that if there's any problems, it's not on God's side. Amen. And if I've resisted the devil, I consider him fled. So if there's anything still a problem, there's only one person left in the room. That would be me. Isn't that right? But very few people want to address that. We, we want to blame someone else. It's, it, it, it's the government's fault. It's, it's this person's fault. It's, it's that race or it's my wife or it's my kids or it's my boss or... I'm not talking to you. Let's relax. I'm talking about everybody else you're getting the CD for. Or are we prepared to say, speak to me, Lord. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. It's me that needs prayer. Amen. I need the help. Hallelujah. And so I need to renew my mind to that. 
And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. So in other words, if I see fruit lying around you, I know what tree's inside you. So, I'm never going to grow tired of that. If I see fruit that I don't like, I need to trust God. He said that God will remove that tree if I trust Him. But I need to make the tree good. I am the one who needs to apply the faith, take the right seed of His Word and feed it into my heart. Even what I do on a Sunday is not sufficient to feed you enough. I can give you the seeds to use, but you've only heard it once. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that word hearing, whether it's hearing and hearing, or whether that's just explaining the hearing of the Word, the very word hearing implies present continuous. Just You need to be hearing continuously all the time to continuously produce the fruit out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what does abundance mean it's got down there a lot so it's what you put down in your heart a lot is what's going to come out of you so you for yourself your own life me for mine we are personally responsible to feed the right seeds into our heart it doesn't just come by osmosis we have to be continuously planting it how do you do that read it speak it Listen to it again and again and again. Listen to these messages again. That's why we put them online. Go listen to them again. Listen to them again. Listen to them again. Get onto uh, Wisdom for Life on Faith Network, 6.30 in the morning. Listen to the word again. Listen to the word again. Keep listening. It's on YouTube. Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Stop watching all the cat videos and everything. Get, get, listen to the word. Feed yourself with the word. Amen. I don't have time to study the word, but there they sit an hour and a half later, still the next video, next video, next. I'm not you. I'm talking to the other people. You know what I'm saying. I'm just helping you help them. So make your tree good. Bump your name and say, I'm relying on you making your tree good. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 34, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. And I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. That's an outstanding statement. I said it this morning. Everybody who is in hell made a choice for that. Now, they may not have wanted that choice, but they made it even if it's by default. How? By words. They were given an opportunity for the gospel, and then out of their own action and words, rejected it. And God has obligated his whole system to work on what you say is what you have. He won't override you and say, but I want you in heaven anyway. No, it's we make our choice. Amen. That's why, you know, I've had people that'll 
talk to when I talk to leading them to the Lord and trying to get them to see the truth of the gospel. And you use the concept that, you know, but what about the guy in the middle of the jungle? He never heard the gospel. So who's going to get him saved? Well, that's up to God. The Bible does tell us every human is presented with the gospel. So I don't need to. We can debate how that happens. We can debate whether it did happen or not. And whether we can argue about it. And you can say, well, I just don't see it and whatever. That, all of that. We can sit. We can, I, I don't mind a good debate. I don't mind talking about the word. But at the end of that discussion, you still know. You can't stand God saying, yeah, but the guy in the jungle, God says, oh, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Don't worry. Even though you don't want to be in heaven, come anyway. No, no. You did hear the truth. I said, you did hear the truth. Now, if you choose to believe in Jesus, by that word, you're justified. If somebody rejects Jesus, by that word, they are condemned. Can you see that? We have to be the ones making the choice. And it's based on how we act in the moment of calamity. When... You know God has sent his word to heal you. God has provided your every need. God has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's blessed you with every blessing. He's laid it on the table. A table is prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. That my word was sent for purpose. It will accomplish what it's sent for. I give myself personal responsibility to watch over my word to perform it. Do you need any more scripture? God is so obligated with us. But at the end of the day, you make the choice. So when a problem happens, when something comes at you and something attacks you, something is contrary to what you think, you need to make the decision If you're going to act on it and believe it. In that moment. Because even when the. When the enemy comes. The purpose behind his attack. Is to strip away. What God has spoken to you. Now God already prepared Jesus. To die long before. He actually died on the cross. But even God in his word. Had to set it up. So that it would happen. Come and have a look at Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Now, have you know God knows what's in a man's heart? God knows the beginning from the end. He knows how you're going to respond in a situation. How do you know? He already knows who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. But he gives you every opportunity to make that decision. So when he's testing, it's not let me find out. The Hebrew word used there is actually the word prove. In other words, let the enemy see what's in his heart. So he wants to set up a covenant here. He's already spoken to Abraham about a covenant. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And you, in you, all families will be blessed. And I'm going to multiply you as a family. Count the stars if you can, because that's how your family is going to be. So God's established this covenant. And in that covenant seed, that bloodline, he's going to bring Jesus into the planet. 
but there's a responsibility of God to uphold what he has spoken in the Garden of Eden. We spoke the blessing on Adam and gave all authority to Adam, gave him all dominion. So a man has to take back that authority that Adam sold out to the devil. But that man had to be a man that had never sinned. And the only way to do that is because sin was already birthed in man and would come down the bloodline. He had to make sure that Jesus would be established without the blood of a man. That's why I said the seed of a woman. And so when Jesus was born, he was born without that bloodline seed of sin, but he was born of the word of God and therefore could stand against the enemy like the first Adam failed him as the last Adam was able to be tempted in all things and yet without sin. Now for God to legally put Jesus in the earth as a man, that had to be set up. Are you with me? So now God is setting the platform here, setting the stage. He's going to prove this man, Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here am I. So God said, verse 2, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Isn't that interesting? Whatever we try to create in our own flesh, God will never recognize. It's only with faith that we can please God. Amen. So it says, now take your son, your only son. Everybody say only son. There's a key right there. Your only son whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, family God, how many of you have a good idea of what a burnt offering is? Up to that point, and obviously later on in the, in, under the Hebrew law, you know that a burnt offering means that animal had to die. You, you don't offer a lamb as a burnt offering and then say, okay, now go back to the field. Uh, if it's burnt, it's burnt. It's dead. Isn't that right? So you understand the implication here. Offer your son as a burnt offering on the mountain, which I shall tell you, Moriah. So, verse 3. Abraham wept and wailed and cried and said, Lord, you know, it's been a long time and my wife was struggling for children all these years. and Is that what happened? Abraham rose when? Let's get this done. He didn't even wait for lunchtime. No procrastination. He rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, it took a long time to get there. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. Underline worship. We will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. And so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. And he laid it on Isaac his son. 
Isaac had to carry his own wood. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, son. And he said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Everybody say, Lamb. And Abram said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Family, that is prophetic speak right there. He wasn't even going to use a lamb that the Israelites had grown. He was going to provide a lamb for himself. Now, fast forward, we know who we're talking about. Jesus. I want to make sure that's in everyone's mind because some people are wondering, what am I talking about? If you haven't been here long enough, Jesus was called the perfect lamb. He is the lamb that died on Passover for your and my son. And so that, that is implications right here. He will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And so the two of them went together and they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there. He placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, family, there's a whole bunch in there that's not written because you understand by now you can figure out this was a, a strong young man. He's carrying all the wood. We're not talking about a little kid. This is a young, strong man. And, and you know, the older children get, the stronger they get. And there's a point where they're stronger than the father. And he had this baby when he was, you know, on, on 100 years old. And then he still grown up. So let's say he is 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Abram's 120. Are you with me? So this is, wasn't a wrestling match. Daddy, what are you doing? I'm going to kill you now. No, no, I don't want to. I come here. You you, I'm gonna, and he's fighting to get away. Daddy, please, no, Daddy. And run, you climb on and, and bind you. You, have, you know, that's not what happened. He looked to his son and said, get on the altar. That son obeyed his father. Right there. If dad says it, I trust him. You might know what he had seen in his father, that confidence of faith. He was confident in his father's faith. He gets up on that altar, Abraham binds him. And verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, don't lay your hand on the lad, nor do anything to him. For now I know you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. You have not withheld your son, your only son from me. You have not withheld. Your only son. Verse 13. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram. Caught in a thicket. By its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram. 
and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. That is Jehovah Yireh in the Hebrew. God will provide for himself the lamb. But this is a ram. God will provide for himself a lamb. What's happening here? Now, first of all, I want you to notice something. Verse 4. Verse 5. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The land and I will go yonder and? And? Now, where was the music team? Or did he carry his iPod with him? His beatbox. Did he, did he have his own music? So what's he talking about? He's not talking about singing here. See, we sometimes call praise and worship. We think praise are the fast songs, worship's the slow songs. That's not accurate. That's not accurate. Worship is when you're willing to lay down everything. In fact, the original Hebrew talks about kissing. Kissing the feet of God. It's saying, I want to be in the presence of God. When he commands, I will obey. So obviously, when he talks about coming into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, you enter into his presence. The way behind the veil is through worshiping in spirit and in truth. So if you're obeying God by doing that, that's classified as worship. Because it's in obedience. I don't feel like singing, but I sing anyway. That's obedience. That's where the worship comes in. It's honoring God, revering God, respecting God. So the worship is we're going to do exactly what God said to do. We're going up there. If he wants a burnt offering and he said it's my son, we're going up there to do that. But I want you to listen to his wording. He says the lad and I are going to worship. We're going to obey God Fully, we're going to respect God. We're going to lay down everything. If he calls for something, we're giving it to him. And so we're going to worship. And we. Now, who else was there? Yeah, it said there he had these, these, these guys helping them. And he told them, stay. So in other words, they there. The donkey is also staying. There's only two people going up, Abraham and Isaac. And he said, we. He's talking about Isaac. We are going up to worship. What is that? We're going to kill this boy. And when we're done killing him, we are coming back to you. Oh, you've got to get this. We are coming back. I'm going to go and kill my son, but I have a promise. He said, I'm going to be the father of many nations. And in his request, he said, take your only son. So I don't have to remind him, God, uh, you just said only. And you said that I'll be the father of many nations. That means if it's only son, that means this is the boy for it. 
He didn't have to explain anything to God. If God said, take your only son, he's fully aware this is the seed that's going to produce the many nations. And if he said, kill him, then it must be that he's going to bring him back from the dead. Say, what? He had never seen that before. He had no scriptures for asking, yes, hallelujah, all things are possible for God. No, you read that. You heard that from a, belief, from a, from a uh, preacher and you went to go meditate on it. You believe it today because it's in the word of God. Isn't that right? He had no written scriptures. He had no church. He had no pastor telling him that. But the faith that he had, he was so confident in that faith that if God had spoken. Now, what I'm saying is confirmed. You go have a look at Hebrews chapter 11. Remember how Hebrews 11 starts? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Worship, worship, worship. And in that, he starts to list all the heroes of faith. Down here at verse 17. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Everybody say, only begotten son. Of whom he said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. He had a word. So if God gave him a word, verse 19, he concluded God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words, the fact that he said, I'm willing to kill him, God will raise him up. God said, that's sufficient. That has already happened. In the realm of the spirit, Isaac was dead and raised again. And so you didn't have to go through it physically. Oh, come on. You got to get a hold of this. That faith alone, that worship meant you can bypass the gory bits. Because it's already done. Your faith was enough to settle it. And I can jump that actual killing and the actual raising. Because that's what I was going to do. And you believed me before it happened. So you don't have to go through the fire of it. You don't have to go through the stress of it. You don't have to go. Oh, come on if you're getting a hold of this. Thank you, God. There are some times that you have to go through a situation. But if you can see the end before it happens. And you say, God, I believe that. And I act as if though, okay, if I have to go through this, I'll go through it. If you said, I've got to get to the other side, I'm going to go. And you will step forward and find yourself on the other side. You didn't have to go through the stress. You didn't have to go through the problem. How is that possible? How can you get from here to here, but there's a cost involved? Something's going to happen. Something's going to could take stress, worry, break. Something has to buy. Something has to die. A seed must die before it produces life. Something's going to go wrong. But how do you bypass the heartache? How do you bypass the stress of it? How do you bypass the worry and the anxiety, the bloody gory? How do you get past all? that worship worship God if you said to do it we're gonna go do that we're gonna carry it out we're gonna go right up to the brink we're gonna walk into the water then it will pass 
then it will open. We will go right up to that moment. We will, <laughs> we will walk on water. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that when they first went through a sea, God opened the land, uh, uh, the water, and they went through on dry land. When the children of Israel got to the river Jordan, the Bible says that the priests had to carry the ark in front. And when their feet were in the water, it opened. Oh, you got to get this. You see, in the past, we waited. Let's see if the water opens. Oh, there it is. Now let's go. No, you're going to another level. This is the Joshua generation. I need people that will go. In other words, we're going to walk. And if the water never opens, it's going to get to my waist. I'm walking because God said go. I'm going right through. Water. Oh, we're going to keep going because I know that the moment will come. Even if I'm underwater, boom, the water will pop. If God said go, I'm going. I'm not going to go and wait for the river to open. Your miracle is on the other side of your worship. Stop arguing. Stop wondering and stop telling God and reminding him and yeah but it's my only son no no it's based on that only son God so loved the world John 3 16 God so loved the world that he gave his ah he gave his only begotten son See, God was setting him up. God painted himself into a corner. The moment he said to Abram, take your son, your only son. And he said, sure, wait. Now I'm in covenant obligation. If you prepare to give your only son, I'm obligated to give my only son. He set it up. He will provide for himself. Take it from his own family. The lamb. The lamb of God. That died for your son. And rose from the dead. Because a man chose to worship. And believe God. That's the kind of faith. That enabled Isaac to confidently get up. On that altar. Hallelujah. Verse 15 of Genesis 22. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. In blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. It is the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. And in your seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you obeyed my voice. Family, you and I sit here today because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. But it was triggered on that day because of a man's obedience, his choice to worship regardless of his personal feelings or circumstances. 
Are you ready to live that kind of life? Family, I can tell you so many testimonies of how Janine and I have faced so many challenges, so many tragedies, so many attacks. And all we know is to say, you've never failed us before. You're not failing us today. And we lift our hands and begin to worship. Worship. You will, you will not pry me out of the hands of God. You cannot debate me out of believing his word. You cannot give me anything that will cause me to turn. Janine and I stand confident in the power of worship. When Janine was faced with that attack with COVID, and the doctors had given me the report, it's over, it's, there's no way out of this, it's done. And as far as all the medical personnel were concerned, it's, it's finished. And you've done all the confessing you can do. You don't go ask God again. You don't try and prove to God, you know, we still going in the church and what, how am I ever going to preach on faith again? How am I? No, nonsense. You don't get that out of my mouth. And all I knew to do is when you've been attacked and you, you feel numb and you feel like there's nothing left in you, you, what other scripture do I confess? All I knew to do was just close my door behind me, lift my hands, and just worship, just worship, just worship, just worship, 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 worship. I'm on the altar. I'm putting my own heart on the altar. I'm honoring you. I'm giving my everything. I am here for you. Whatever happens, I'm trusting you. And in that worship, you bypass. What should have been over suddenly became a recovery. What should have been months became weeks. <laughs> what should have taken another few weeks, that day they moved her into the high care ward. The doctor says you're going to be in ICU for even longer. No, that Janine said, I'm out of here today. And God arranged for that to happen. Family God, I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. And if you're not, you know you're headed for a test. Not God testing you. The enemy wants to squeeze the word out of you. You know. I, 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 did I shock you now? Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Well, what overcomes the world? Even our faith. So... If you aren't going through a challenge right now, you do know one's coming up. So those that are going through a challenge now, it's going to take a little more grit, but trust God. Those that are doing fine right now, hallelujah, glory to God. You get that faith muscle built. Start praising God today. Amen. So when you go into it, you got momentum. Amen. When the problem shows up, you just keep praising. Just keep going at it. But today we are making a choice. Live the life of a worshiper. Live the life of a worshiper. Don't wake up in the morning and just, you know, kick the cat, shout at the dog, get, throw the kids in school and get to work and come home. I don't know what's going on. Things are keeping a mess. Now start your day in worship.
you wake up. This is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it and give the day to God and say, Father, I'm going up on the mountain and I'm putting my heart on the altar. I'm going to live today for you. Whatever I do is to your glory, to your honor and worship. Let every moment be a time of worship. Whatever you're doing, even if you hate your job, just say, I'm doing this as to the Lord because this is an avenue. It's a process to my promotion. I know the season will be over soon because I'm worshiping. I'm going to go into my prosperous place. I'm trusting God. Maybe you, whatever calamity you guys, whatever your heart is hoping for, that day is coming. The house you want to live in exists. That person you want to marry is alive. They're out there. They just don't know what your dress is. But they're on their way. It's on the other side of your worship. Hallelujah. 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 Just lift your hands right now. Just worship. Just worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your miracle's on the other side of your worship. Your miracle's on the other side of your worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Worship, worship, worship. Say that. Father, I lay down my life. I lay my life on the altar. My heart is yours. I'm not questioning you. Not judging you. I trust you. I believe you. I'm walking forward. Knowing you are God. You're my Lord. I trust you. I worship you.